Welcome to the Simple Money, Simple Life podcast. I am Matt Erickson, and I'm your host. This is a podcast where we explore how simplicity beats complexity, especially in money matters. We explore investing, personal finance, and how to live a simple and awesome life. Welcome to episode 10, titled, How Much is Enough? I hope you're all doing well out there in this kind of troubling time. Uh, as I record this, it's we're still in the middle of the pandemic and coronavirus, and I just want to extend my well wishes to all those who might be struggling right now or dealing with loved ones who are struggling or sick or ill, or even those who might have lost a loved one and send my love and sympathy to you. I had a great opportunity today to spend some time with one of my friends from graduate school. We attended an online Zoom training together today and had an opportunity to enjoy the training together, but also enjoy catching up together and talking together. And it just reminded me how important it is in life to have friendships and to have close friendships. And this person who I hung out with, he is one of my best friends. And he's a guy who I feel like I can kind of talk any subjects with him and feel comfortable and feel accepted and not judged. And it just reminded me how great it is in life to have friends like him. And I hope all of you, my listeners, have someone in your life or friends or family members who you can truly trust and talk to and that having close friendships is something that's so great about life and something that I think sometimes we might take for granted and I hope you will take a moment to reflect on the friendships you have and hopefully be grateful for them and appreciate them. In today's podcast, we're going to explore the concept of how much is enough. I've been looking forward to this episode for a while I think it's going to be a really fun thing to talk about, and I hope you enjoy it as well. Some of the concepts we talk about will resonate with some of you, some of it won't. I just hope you'll be open-minded to all the concepts and and give them some considerations and some thought. This podcast is simply, today's episode is simply to inspire some thoughts and some paradigms to analyze kind of where you stand and to see if you are where where you want to be. In our society and in the world, it seems like consumption is a main part of how we're wired as human beings. People, marketing is centered around consuming, and it's just very much a central part of our culture, our society, our economy. And it seems like as human beings, we're wired to always want more and or bigger And some examples we see is, you know, we might want a more expensive car, more expensive clothes, more clothes, maybe a bigger house. Uh, Maybe we want to try more hobbies and do more things, go on more exotic vacations. It seems like as humans, we're often taught to maybe want more and have a drive for more. Today, we're going to kind of pause, think about this and kind of define what enough is. So we're also going to talk a little bit about clutter in your life and kind of how to look at that. So, and a little bit about excess as well. So 
Some of the concepts we talk about today are taken from a book called Your Money or Your Life, and I will link to it in the show notes, but it's a great book that I would recommend for anyone. The authors are some of the kind of pioneers of the financial independence movement, which I've talked about earlier. Vicki Robin is, she wrote it with Joe Dominguez, and Vicki is still alive. Joe has passed away. But some of the concepts I talk about in here, I learned in that book, and they've kind of been life-changing for me. So clutter is anything that is excess for you. It's whatever you have that doesn't serve you or that or that might take up space in your world. And so if we look around, many, many people live surrounded by clutter and it takes it can take a real strain on your psyche or on your family or on your relationships when we don't even realize unconsciously this clutter is kind of weighing us down. Uh, if we consider downscaling or frugality and Thrift, they may sound like deprivation, but there really is a, in my opinion, it's the contrary. So enough is the wide and stable plateau, as Vicki Robin puts it, is a place of alertness, creativity, and freedom. From this place, we can kind of get out from all of our clutter that's stored and that we have to clean and move and get to a, a much more healthy place. So I want you to imagine a graph. I think most of the audience has probably taken some math classes in their day where they had to do those lame graphs with an x-axis and a y-axis. I do remember that from my math classes. My older brother, Chris, was a great math tutor for me. It was always a subject I really struggled in, but he was there to help me get through it in high school, which I really appreciated still to this day. So on the x-axis, I want you to think about money spent. On the y-axis, I want you to think about the word fulfillment. So money spent on the x-axis, fulfillment on the y-axis. On this graph, I want you to think about an arch. And at about halfway up of the arch, you see a point on the graph that is survival. A third of the way up more from that is our comforts. And then at the peak of the arch, is luxuries. At the peak of the arch, I want you to think about the word enough. And then the rest of the arch goes down to the x-axis on money spent. I hope I painted a picture so you can envision this. So what this graph teaches us is that if we spend money on survival and comforts and a few luxuries, we get great levels of fulfillment out of our money spent. And then once we hit that enough point in the graph where we have some luxuries, we have all of our many comforts, we have survival, if we keep seeking more fulfillment by spending more money, oftentimes our fulfillment will go down. One way to combat this is to start, once we hit that enough plateau, is to start giving more money. And that is one way where fulfillment will keep going up. What we find, I think, a lot in society is we work hard, we're driven, we're focused. And oftentimes, instead of saving that money or giving that money away, we'll want to acquire more and more and more stuff or items or things. And what we don't realize is our 
fulfillment or contentment typically does not exponentially go up. I've talked before about the hedonic treadmill, which simply states that our baseline level of happiness will typically return after we purchase something after a certain amount of time. They've seen this with lottery winners and with paraplegics on opposite ends. They often will return to their baseline level of happiness. And so to believe that by spending more and acquiring more, we'll gain more happiness is typically not the case for most people. It just doesn't work out that way. So it's important that we each find our enough and be mindful and stop and think about, do I really, will this third or fourth car really bring me more fulfillment? Will this new set of skis, will this new this, will this new that really help me be feel more fulfilled and happier? And now there's sometimes where a new purchase will really make us happy. Uh, that's one thing my friend and I were talking about. He loves to mountain bike like I do. He's a much better rider than I am and is is more into it than I am. But he has a really nice expensive bike and he really gets a lot of fulfillment out of that bike because he uses it a lot. Now, would he get more fulfillment if he bought two more bikes like that? I would argue no, he wouldn't. Uh, I don't think his fulfillment would go up at all. So the fulfillment curve strongly suggests that most Clutter enters our lives through the more is better door. It comes from the disease of materialism, of looking for inner fulfillment in our possessions. And so I want us to think about that for a minute. The, that a lot of the clutter in our life comes through that door that more is better. And my hypothesis is more is not better. More actually can be worse when in excess. I think excess is one of those things that causes people to feel less content because it creates more clutter. It creates more stress, more obligations, more things to do. Think about it. If you uh, feel like you need to engage in multiple hobbies to be happy and you have a boat, you have motorcycles, you have wave runners, you have golf clubs, you have skis, you have a fly fishing rod, these are all things that I've enjoyed over the years. But if you feel like you have to have all of those things to be happy, uh, you're probably missing the boat because while you're doing one thing, you might be wishing you could be doing another. I don't mean to pick on boat owners, but remember when we've talked in previous episodes, if you buy a boat, the average price of a boat nowadays, a motorboat that goes on a lake and... Um, pulls a water skier or a wakeboarder, those typically run around $50,000. They can go obviously more than that, but we'll just say the average is $50,000. Then you have to buy your trailer, your truck to pull it with, insure the boat, store the boat, pull the boat. And I'm probably missing a few factors. So obviously it's thousands of dollars to own a boat every year. You can rent a boat for $600 a day in some locations. And it would take many, many days of renting a boat to ever pay for the boat. So you could rent a a boat multiple days a summer for many summers in a row and still come out ahead without having to store it, pull it, insure it, worry about it. Now, if boating is really your thing and it's really what brings you fulfillment and happiness and brings your family together, knock yourself out and own a boat. 
But it's just one example of how sometimes I think we fall into the trap of seeing someone who has one, not really being mindful and taking into consideration all the factors and just assuming that that will boost our happiness. A lot of boat owners are happy, but a lot of them that I've met are not because of all the stress that comes from it and all the maintenance that needs to be done, all the repairs that need to be done. So waste lies not in the number of possessions, but in the failure to enjoy them. So your success at being frugal is measured not by your penny pinching, but by your degree of enjoyment of the material world. To be frugal means to have a high joy to stuff ratio. If you get one unit of joy for each material blessing, that is frugal. But if you need 10 possessions to even begin registering on the joy meter, you're missing the point of being alive. So, for example, once we have acquired the dream house, the status car, or the perfect mate, we rarely stop to enjoy them thoroughly. Instead, we are often running after the next coveted acquisition. So, Keep think about this joy to stuff ratio. Often, like my friend and his mountain bike, or me and my mountain bike, I get a lot of joy out of riding my mountain bike. It's just a lot of fun. And if I have all these possessions lined up, and I think I'm going to get joy out of each one of them, most likely I'm not. So the amount of stuff does not equate, or the amount of possessions does not equate to the amount of happiness or joy. And it's the more rather than having the mindset of I need to acquire more, a paradigm shift we could experience and have is how can I get more satisfaction out of what I already own? Instead of saving and I, I gotta get that next thing, how about we stop and pause and say, How can I get more enjoyment or satisfaction out of this possession I already own? Uh, another lesson that we can derive from the dictionary definition of frugal is the recognition that we don't need to possess a thing to enjoy it. We merely need to use it. If we are enjoying an item, whether or not we own it, we're being frugal. So there's opportunities to rent. There's opportunities to borrow or to use something that was given to us. For example, sometimes in our society, success is measured by if you own a second home, for example. Think about owning a second home you're probably going to feel pressure to spend your spare weekends and spare time at that second home. You're going to need to ensure that second home, take care of it, pay for the utilities, pay for the maintenance, pay for the mortgage, and all the other things that go along with owning another home, not even considering the extra stress that will, might be weighing on your mind by owning that other home. All that money that's being poured into that home could be used by maybe renting a property for a time with your family. So the idea that you have to own something to enjoy it is just not true. Sometimes it's more effective to rent something than to own it. And sometimes you can get that much joy out of it. So as you kind of reflecting back on the enough curve, I just want to emphasize one more time that the enough curve starts dropping down into the arch once we hit our enough stage where we have some luxuries in life, but where we keep pushing for more. The arrow can keep going up if instead of doing that, we start giving some of our excess money away and helping others. 
There are many, many studies linked to giving to others, helping people to feel happy and boosting their levels of happiness. So once we've hit that time where we have all of our needs met, most of our wants met, and some of our luxuries met, I think it's great to stop and consider really how can I start helping other people and lifting them up. So I think that's one concept I really want to leave with you to think about and consider. So one last concept, I want to talk a little bit about, we talked in an episode earlier about the financial independence, retire early movement. Now, one of the really cool things about that concept is knowing that maybe you don't have to work until age 67 or 70. Maybe you might be able to exit the work force a little earlier and do some other things. If you are mindful of your budget, you start saving, have a high savings rate and invest your money. So take a minute to think about what would happen if you knew that you would have to work for money for a limited foreseeable length of time, say five years, 10 years, even 15 years instead of long 20, 30, 40 years. Uh, wouldn't you feel like putting in a lot more yourself into the job knowing that it's for a limited time? Uh, wouldn't it make the boredom more bearable or the challenges more interesting? And if you're close to retirement, how does it feel to consider shaving off a few years in the workplace and adding them to your retirement years? So it's just a concept to think about as far as like financial independence. We've, we've talked about this. Uh, some people keep wanting to do one more year, one more year. I got to work these more years because I need more money, more investments. And they haven't stopped to consider this enough curve that we've talked about, this enough arch. Maybe there's a lot of people out there who have enough, but are not choosing to retire or do another career or do something different because they're afraid or have fear that that money will run out. And they never know quite know when to stop and when enough is enough. So the main point of this podcast today is to find what enough means to you and consider how it affects your life. Consider thinking about how you can gain more joy and happiness out of what you currently have instead of always aspiring for more. I don't want to send the message that being driven and focused and goal-oriented are bad things. They're all great things. But if the goal of all those things is to just simply acquire more possessions, I think it can leave us feeling fairly empty. I think there are a lot of people who fall into this trap and don't find happiness at the other end of the rainbow. So I hope this podcast has been something to give you something to think about and consider as you take your money journey to the next level. That will be all for today's episode. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the podcast. As I've mentioned before, I would really appreciate it if you could go to the, especially the Apple iTunes platform and leave a review. It will help the show spread to more people. A five-star review would be so much appreciated. And I just want to thank all of you who have already done that and taken the time to do that. It really means a lot to me. And I'm really grateful for you being willing to do that. You can also follow the show on Instagram at simplemoney_simplelife, And remember, the simple life is a good life.